This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me again here on Michigan State of Mind. I really appreciate you. Uh, before we get going on the whole Gaddis deal, um, just want to talk about the previous locker room session. Um, I'm not going to be posting that. Uh, I just can't. I just, uh, I just don't feel that that is in the best interest of what I'm trying to do. Uh, there are a lot of interesting things that I said on there. I'm sorry if you want to, you know, listen into it. Um, I do apologize, but I'm just not going to post that uh, to the pod. Um, but just know that this whole thing with Gaddis, it isn't a, it is not just a fan issue. Like more than fans are upset with what's been going on. You know, fans are upset with what's been happening, but it's, but it's, it's not just fans. Just understand that it's more than fans. Um, you know, there are people that are in, you know, places of position who, um, who I know didn't really like what happened there and what went on. So it's not just fans being, you know, overreacting or anything like that. It's much more than that, trust me. So there are six there are six things, six issues here when it comes to when it comes to Gaddis's tweet. So Gaddis, uh he laid out he laid out, I believe I have to look it up again, but he laid out, I believe it was like three different, no, he had one tweet. Um, and then he, then he like doubled down on the tweet. Um, but it was unprompted, you know, nobody asked for his opinion. Um, but it's, uh, I'm getting to it right now, actually. You guys saw the tweet. It was posted at, I believe, like 1.02 p.m. Real weird timing for a Monday tweet just to come out and and say something like that. Um, uh, it said, regardless of polls, a 6-0 Big Ten team deserves N. There's only one 6-0 Big Ten team. That's Ohio State. So you know exactly who he's referencing. Uh, no conference has had to endure more. And he gives four bullet points. The emotional roller coaster of a season would happen. Opt outs. Two, no fans all year. The environment. Uh, three, 21 day protocol to miss games, add in injuries, contact tracing. Four, the inability to, get, to reschedule. So he's talking about the Big Ten handicapping its teams early on and giving them an almost impossible season to get through um without much issue right um then he i can't find the other one 
because there was another tweet after this that doubled down on it. Um, but that's, this got rightfully ratioed and he saw the, he saw the pushback. Then afterwards he deleted it. Um, and went private. So that pretty, that pretty much tells you how that went. Now, every time I come back to it, I just think of like another layer. So I wrote down all my thoughts and it's, it's really six different issues that I have with that. Like six different issues. Issue no, number one, it's Ohio state. Uh, you are a Michigan coach. Um, trying to cap for them is very, very weird right now. Well, ever. I mean, that was just a weird tweet and about your rival. That was just strange. Issue no, number two. Um, he's not a content creator. He's not a writer. He's not a radio head. Um, he has paid seven figures to run the offense at Michigan. Uh, he's not even the head of the program. And which leads me to number three is the head of the program right now is in contract negotiations. So right now the program is in limbo. Uh, nothing is set. Like we have no clue what the staff is going to look like next year, but you still want to give your two cents on the big 10, this big 10, that. Um, so there's contract negotiations still going on. I'm not sure why you would, you know, put attention to yourself when, uh, when the program is in shambles, you know, if everything was a well-oiled machine, hey, we can have that conversation probably. But um, but this was a little bit, you know, wild due to the state of where things are right now. Um, issue number four, this was unprompted. Nobody asked him for this. Nobody said, hey, this is, hey, can you come in on the Big Ten and the see it? There was no interview. This was done on Twitter. On Twitter, 102 on a Monday. Just weird. Just beyond weird. Like, I don't understand what made him just sit there and be like, you know what? I have an idea. I don't get that. Like, he could have been on the toilet, you know? This man was on the shitter at 1 p.m., and he's like, it stinks in here, but I'm going to tweet this, and people are going to love it. Just very, very strange overall. Like, no one asked for that. And he went out of his way to make it a point. And it's something that he's been thinking about if he's going to put four bullet points about it. Issue number five. They already put Ohio State in the CFP. So why are you putting on your big Big Ten Ohio State hat after the fact? Like, to fully agree with what's going on and fully agree with what's happening? That was weird. The timing was all off. And if he had said this after the Northwestern Ohio State game, Maybe these issues are down to five and not six. Issue number six. You tweeted it. That he doubled down on it. That he ran away 
and locked his page. Which is weird. I mean, if you got enough nuts to, you know, tweet something like that in the middle of, a, of you know, a Monday, you should have enough nuts to keep it up. Pause. And then the Twitter police want to get up in arms to say that there's nothing wrong with it. If that's the case, then why do you delete it? There was clearly something wrong with it. Clearly. And you know that. He knew that. He probably looked back and be like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have done this. But he had already done all the damage. He had already put his thoughts out there and doubled down on those thoughts on top of that, which is all very, very strange to me. Very, very strange. Just an overall strange tweet to begin with. And I don't understand where it came from. So after this break here coming up, uh, we are going to bring some people in. um, And then we'll uh, go ahead and get this thing popping. Just know that, uh, you know, like usually, you know, these conversations are very, very good. And they, um, and they're able to, we're able to reflect in a way, a respectful way about our thoughts, whether it's positive or negative. Um, it is a good space for you to kind of let others know what you're thinking. Some people may think that way. Some people may not. And th- this is always a, a platform I will give you um, to speak one way or the other. Just make sure you're respectful uh, for the people who um, who may disagree with you. And, that's, and that is 100% fine. But 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total business than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria, and you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore's total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates you will see fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now. Go Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going to the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on 
Get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Matt, what up, Doc? What's going on? It's been a second since I've been in the locker room. Finally got a chance to be in here while you're on. Yeah, man, it's been uh, yeah, it's it's been freaking wild in here, man. I, uh, I've heard there's been some uh, very <laughs> heated moments. I just got all wild. Yeah, man. Uh, hopefully, oh, I mean, obviously tonight people are still going to be emotional. It's it's Michigan football. It's a lot of people's like dedicated their whole lives to. I mean, shoot, like I'm I dedicate a lot of my life to it, and see, I got season tickets and everything like that. But at the same time, like, dude, uh, like I've gotten to a point where like you can't let this stuff overwhelm your life, like, yeah. and let it dictate your emotions outside of sports like yeah i get it like the day of a game like they lose like you can be depressed and stuff but like a lot of people like they're depressed for like weeks and months after a bad season it's like i I like that's when you like talk the most stuff you know yeah yeah so i i I, i've been trying to let like not let it consume me as much but still working on that i feel you i feel you what's up don Hey, how you doing, Ant? Hey, I'm doing all, all right, man. Um, I tried to get you in uh, the last part, but the um, I think the app bug, bugged on me. Like, I, I hit 36, like, people who were, like, listening in, and then everything just froze. Um, but I think my voice and audio was still coming through, but I couldn't invite people, and people couldn't request coming up um, that I could see. So yeah, we, we I appreciate y'all. You. That that, cool, that cool, stuff cool. was still good. Oh yeah, it was. So it was so we're still talking about the whole Gaddis thing, right? Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um so before I even started this um room, I pretty much said that hey hey look, we're not gonna talk about what happened the other night with um on locker room. I'm not gonna post it, I'm not gonna post a snippet of it i'm sorry you missed it but like that's like i couldn't i couldn't post that um and feel good about myself so kind of left it as that so for those in the for those in the you know chat i know i i know people really want to know what happened um but just like the wisconsin one um like the wisconsin one was wild and um this one was also wild. So every now and then, I, you know, there can be a wild locker room. But for the most part, they're pretty chill. Um, but it could pop off at any second, honestly. But, um, yeah, so we're just talking about Gaddis today and what happened on Twitter. Uh, I I laid out about six points as well as I could. Uh, I'm not bashing him or anything, but that was a pretty poor decision today. Yeah, here's the here's the issue. You, you know, here's the thing: you're not only a Michigan 
coach, but you are one of Michigan's senior coaches, really a rung below Jim Harbaugh in essence, getting paid seven figures. And it really, unless you're, if, unless you're solicited, that has no rationale or reasoning of being tweeted at all, ever. Because, number one, Michigan, I mean, Ohio State is a very sore topic for Michigan. You might be right. You might have a point. But you, for you to publicly, for you to publicly let that out, that's how you feel. Basically coming off within 240 characters as an Ohio State fanboy, and you're being paid, like you said, millions of, over a million dollars to score points and beat these jokers. That is not something you do. And it's just, it's, it's a gaff, honestly. And it's just, it's, 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 a, it's a, basically, it's like from a tennis standpoint, it's an unforced error. It's just it's already been bad enough from a PR standpoint with with, you know, the Jim Harbaugh extension being, I mean, basically with this dragging on and on. Um, And then, of course, the the three canceled games, even though COVID's going on and everything, it's just it's not a really it's not a very healthy PR environment for Michigan right now. It's just and it's just a really silly thing to say. And it's just and, and and to your fans, you come off as oh we're being soft, and to Ohio State fans, oh yeah we own these fools. Yeah, they're already calling us daddy right now. So, what what he said was just it was it was off it was off color, and it was just something that you never say publicly. You can believe that, and I think it's a what he said was very rational, but it's not something. That you just let it out in the public, unsolicited, unannounced. Nobody asked you, no nothing. You just wanted to say it, and basically be an Ohio State fanboy for for a couple of seconds. It just, it just, yeah. And I, I guess, I guess, I feel like I'll be. I feel like a lot of people are really mad about it who are Michigan fans. So I guess I'll play like devil's advocate and swing from the other side here, try to get a different perspective. First of all, I agree shouldn't be tweeted. Um, and it's one of those things, if he's asked about it, I, I have zero issue at all if he says that, if he's asked about it by a reporter. I have zero issue at all for the fact that, like, okay, like, he's a coach. He's in football. He's watched football. He's watched Ohio State. He's watched these other teams. Like, he's just giving his opinion. Who do you think deserves to be in the playoff? Like, what 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 difference would it make if he's like, oh, I think Texas A&M should be in it just because, like, screw Ohio State. Like, no, it's just like a football perspective. Like it's just kind of like, all right, yeah, I respect what they did this season. They went six and zero. They beat two top fifteen teams or two ranked teams um, to the top, uh, Indiana Northwestern. And for the most part, they didn't really have a close game outside of that. I mean, Penn State was kind of close, but they were kind of always in hand in that game. Um, Texas A&M, I just don't believe they deserve to be in. I mean, they, they beat one ranked team. Um, and outside of that, who who really did they play? I mean, their second best win was, what, LSU? Arkansas? Um, and then they got swamped by uh, Alabama. So it's like, who else are you going to put in? But yes, the tweeting, I think, um, just unsolicited, I think it's a little out of left field doesn't is not really warranted um if he was asked that question i wouldn't mind him saying that because i mean that's just kind of like an obvious 
apart. And then you have, I mean, like you just look at it from Dabo, like Dabo Sweeney has Ohio State at 11th. Like that's ridiculous. I, I, I kind of actually hope Ohio State beats Clemson because I honestly, at this point, I think Dabo Sweeney's just way in over his head. I think there's some sketch stuff going on there, even though there probably is at Ohio State too. Uh, he, I feel like Dabo just kind of hides behind this curtain and makes himself seem super good. And I, I think there's there's a lot more. I mean, the steroid thing, I don't know how that wasn't investigated. And then other things like that. And some of the comments he's made about student athletes just has rubbed me the wrong way. So that's why I've kind of not liked him. But yeah, I, the Gattis thing, I don't know. It's, I can see how it really rubs people the wrong way, but at the same time, like, I don't think it's as big of a deal some people are making it. My thing is, no one, no one asked this man for his opinion. Yeah, Nobody. that's that's kind of what my problem was. If someone he's asked sitting him, on the shitter at one p.m. and he's like, you know what, it stinks in here right now, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet this out and people are gonna love it. Nope. Nope. They were on his head, right? Yeah. There. And and the and the other issue is he's got. I know that um, Devil Swinney's making his point, his case, and the SC coaches are making their point, their case against the Big Ten, and they didn't play enough games. But here's the thing: Gaddis needs to realize that it's not that's not his battle. You're not you're not the Big Ten or Ohio State apologist. That's not your battle. Your job is to get is to get Michigan ready for the 2021 campaign and making sure that it doesn't go like the 2020 campaign. That is your job, not to be an apologist. You, you know, it doesn't. You don't earn any brownie points unless you're trying unless unless he's trying to posture himself for a coaching position in the future. That's the only thing I can think of. That, that he gained makes nothing. Kind of sense. That tweet gained absolutely nothing. And he but, thought about it. But disgust mm. from his own fan base. Yeah. <laughs> like wild. he's already he's already under fire. This team I don't I don't I, I honestly I, I this little year I paid the least attention to team stats and everything like that. But what they what they average, like twenty two points a game? Maybe. Yeah. I mean maybe. I mean, but I mean, I'm not even it's not even about results. I'm just saying like what I'm like with just what everything that's going on you decided to tweet this on a monday like i don't know super weird tanner what's up man is 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 this your first day on the app yeah man i saw you tweeted it and i was curious because i've seen you talk about it before so i figured i would uh download it and see what the the hubbub was about but uh, i really like the format it's pretty cool um how you doing man hey man i'm doing all right man i'm just chilling the kids asleep Got a workout in. Good now to hear, man. Office kicking it. Yeah, me too, man. Just closing up the end of the year. Hey, I, I just wanted to hop on because I'm playing some Warzone. I just wanted to get my two cents in real quick. The thing that really irks me is it feels like we've kind of gone on like a campaign for Ohio State, right? Like J- Josh Gaddis tweets this today. You know, we have Ward Manuel for whatever reason, unprovoked again, talking about when Michigan canceled the game with Ohio State that Ohio State's one of the best four teams. Like where where did where did Michigan get to this point from 2016 Wait, 17? No, no, he did it. No, he did it. I'm he did. What? No, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. How did I miss that? 
So no. Was this before or after Gaddis's comments? This was before. This was the press conference when they canceled the game. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, so like a couple uh, last so, week. So, so my ago. thing is, we get to the point of this when four years ago Harbaugh was calling out Gene Smith and saying "Welcome back, back after the tattoo fiasco," and calling out Mark D'Antonio and Pete Feinbaum. You know, and it's just like, what? We're soft, man. On the field, off the field, as a program. PR wise, it's just I don't know how they got to this point, but there's just a perception problem. And at this point, perception is reality, man. It's crazy to see how far they've kind of fallen. Do you know how lucky they are to pull in this 21 class? Holy moly. I don't know how they pulled it off, but congrats to them. Because if this class was like in the 30s, people would be losing their mind. But the fact that not only did, is the 21 class respectable, the offensive side of the ball is the one carrying it. Yeah, it'll be uh, – that, I, that, I think that recruiting class alone saved a lot of heat from Harbaugh. Um, and the fact that they're st- – they st- with the, they're at like a number 10 in the country right now still. Uh, I think they moved back to like 11 or 12, but okay, still, so like it's top, still, still top 15. I mean, it's top yep. echelon of recruiting. I mean, you like, as long as you get the athletes, like you never know, like one of those, one or two of those guys turns into one of those game changing type of players. And all of a sudden now you got a couple guys on offense that can just make plays and score points at will. So hats off. Yeah. Hats off to them. I mean, that's tough to do it in a, in a losing season, and especially the way they're losing. Um, so it, I, I don't know. I mean, that, that does that go to show like how some of these recruits really trust the coaches? But at the same time, a lot of these older players, it just seems like they're not trusting the coaches. So I, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, the whole thing is weird. I don't get it. Well, so we have Michael Roland. What's up, man? Yo, what up, man? You can hear me? <clears throat> yep, I can hear you good. For sure. My, uh, my thing is, you know, they won't even, as a school, as their culture, they won't even say the word Michigan. They they say they don't even say word with the word with letter M in it. Their players truly dislike ours. It seems like more than our players dislike theirs. So to me, it's just like, what what gain did he have <clears throat> from tweeting that to patting them on the back? You know what I'm saying? Like that did, it just didn't make any sense to me. It just, I don't know, is the, the, the whole culture, that's my thing. The, just the culture of the program just is in a bad shape, I feel like. Um, the one, no, one of their coaches would never do that, and their players would never do that. It just, cultures, <clears throat> the culture is just bad. And I don't know if if it's in the, going in the right direction, if it's going to get fixed, if Harbaugh is the man to fix it, if Gaddis is the man to fix it. But to me, it's just the culture. The culture, something's got to change. Their culture's is different than ours, and that certainly, to me, it doesn't help them tweeting that. 100%, man. Um, the culture is very, very different, and the chat right now is talking about the recruiting class doesn't mean much. Um, I am in agreement where it doesn't mean much. On paper, it looks good, but you need the leadership in the locker room. You need the development in the locker room. I have yet to see any of that. Um, what's the development? And I jokingly, I, I jokingly, Cade McNamara came in lit and lit it up. He played very, very well. 
right? And I jokingly said, how long until the staff ruins Cade? How long did it take him? Six days. <laughs> Six days. The dude went from on fire to Russell Bellamy in one week. I I just, I honestly think that they put too much pressure on the quarterback and, and like, like maybe just like, I don't know, like make it seem like you make a mistake and you're out of here. You turn the ball over, you're out of here. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's just the, once, once like it, like the backup comes in and they're, they're playing loose and relaxed, they get a chance to play. But once they're the starter, they just get, they tighten up. I don't know what it is. If, if it's just like the players that they're recruiting are just not confident in themselves, or if it's the coaching staff that, that is just not letting them play free. Yeah, no, I think they put the cuffs on them personally. That's just my opinion. I think they put the cuffs on whoever the starter is just <clears throat> in this case, because, you know, he technically was the third string, but even with uh, Joe, it seemed like they had the cuffs on him from the get go, especially once he, he started to struggle over and overthrow the ball or just struggle, it seems like they just handcuff whoever it is back there. Um, I actually talked to Shade um, personally about this. Um, he said, Shade told me that Jim, Hart, Jim doesn't care. Jim lets them play however they want to play. The person that's really the stickler is Ben McDaniels. He's the one that, that, that really has you playing, you know, structured football the way – and very much a stickler, a micromanager. Jim doesn't care. Jim wants you to be, express yourself and be who you are. That, that's just um, what shape. Can you, hey, guys. I've been listening. Um, my biggest issue is it's like, it's like having a girlfriend. Harbaugh, control your girl. When I saw that tweet, I like when control your staff, control your girl. How is your staff doing this? Well, we got so many unanswered questions going on here. And if we get us to speak, it's like the other year you got your players in space with Gil, Giles Jackson and all these players, and you haven't called a good game all year. And so you can't go to Twitter when you came and do it on the field right now, so the best bet is just to be quiet until every, we get all this, like, questions, Q&As answered because there's too much stuff going over the program for you to do that. Because at the beginning of the season, you chose Joe Milton over Dylan McCaffrey. That was That's the rumors out there. And Dylan McCaffrey is, got ran off the team. <laughs> so it's like so many – stuff going on with our offense for this to get addressed. If he was to say this, he should have said this at the beginning of the season and saying, like, are we only playing the six-game schedule and we will be deserving and left it at that at the beginning of the season. You can't wait till after a canceled game, the biggest rivalry going on, y'all cancel the game and then to speak on this, you can't up them. This is not the SEC where everybody scratches each other's back. They hate us. They've been blowing us out, embarrassing us and stuff. And my biggest problem coming from the top, like we all agree on, is like I can't keep putting it on a hardball, but the, I'm just putting it on the whole university. How does this happen? Like how do you have a coaching staff that's disconnected from the rivalry, the biggest game of our schedule? I Like me as a fan, I don't even own not one pair of red clothes. I don't wear red at all <laughs> just because of that team in Columbus. 
it is like as a fan group, fans and being a fan of the program and everything, it seemed like my biggest issue is that we care about the rivalry more than the team that we believe in. And this is just it's just I don't know how to put it into words. And to see that the timing of everything, I just don't get it, man. I feel you. Um, and uh, I do pay attention a, a bit to the Ohio State sports world. Um, I always find it interesting when they have alumni come back to like speak with the team. And the main point that they drive home is, you know, you have to beat Michigan. And these guys will – I think you get gold pants if you beat Michigan or you beat them four years. I'm not, I'm not sure what the tradition is. But they'll – Every year. Every year you every year you win, you get gold pants. You get gold pants. All right. So, you know, guys are coming in showing their four gold pants. If you redshirt a year, they're five gold pants. You know, some guys will say, you know, I have three gold pants and, and you know, like all – he is talking about is how his brothers can have four and he only has three and, you know, he can never change that. So like, there's just a building tradition going on there uh, where that is like the most important thing to them. Um, I kind of want to touch on the warden manual stuff because I didn't know about that. And that really pisses me off. Uh, Tanner, thank you for sending that to me. I highly appreciate it. Um, he's talking about why are people going out of their way talking about Ohio State from Michigan in a positive light? I don't get it. If you don't have anything negative to say, don't say it. All right. So it's usually the other way around, but you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, he said that the Big Ten needs representation. First of all, no, they don't. All right. Second of all, the only reason he's saying that is because Michigan may get a a little check of a couple million dollars, like, okay, like, what is that in the grand scheme of things? Um, I don't care about any school doing well in the CFP. I just don't. Who cares? All you need to do every single year, if you're in a major conference, you have to beat one or two, like, if if you're, like, the Pac-12 or you're in the Big 12, where, especially, like, the Big 12, where, like, Oklahoma – pretty much has to go undefeated um, to, like, you know, like get in. Because sometimes, some of those years, the second-best team is, like, 8-4, and 9-3. and three, You know what I mean? So, if you're in the Big Ten, all you have to do is lose one game or less. Lose one game or lose zero. Because that means one of two things. That means you have won a Big Ten championship, and it means that you've gone through – the best team, which is probably going to be Ohio State. Ohio State has not lost two conference games in I don't know how long. You, you guys can go back and look it up. It's probably the year that they won. But outside of that, outside of that year, outside of that year, go back and tell me when is you know how many times have they lost two conference games in the last twenty years? You can't lose two games. And you can't lose two games, period. Look at Gold Franklin in 2016. He started out two and two. They looked garbage. Then they won the Big Ten, beat Ohio State. They beat Wisconsin, I believe, in the championship. And they still sent Ohio State to the CFP and Penn State to the to the Rose Bowl, 
I believe. So really, all you got to do is worry about yourself. Unless it's about money, which Ward Manuel has, based on his quotes and based on how he acts, uh, he he lives by cream. If you don't know what that means, is cash rules everything around me. He is driven by the revenue. Like, the only reason he is pretty much hasn't fired Harbaugh is because Harbaugh has delivered a steady revenue uh, into Michigan. Point blank period. If Harbaugh was, you know, not getting Michigan that, that steady revenue, more than likely his balls are bigger and he lets Jim go. And he's not doing this whole back and forth thing with uh, Jim and his lawyer. Because remember, Jim doesn't have an agent. He has a circle of influence, and that heavy influence is his lawyer. He doesn't have an agent. Where they're talking about numbers and all that stuff, uh, where you know Ward wants a contract that gives more money for incentives but less money up front. So basically he's saying, hey, if, if you're going to be here, do your job. It's just so it's just so disappointing to see like the Big Ten championship game and you see a team like Northwestern off coaching alone played their asses off and was in position with a team that didn't have no many athletes as Ohio State point blank period. But positioning wise and scheme wise, only get Michigan State scored more on Northwestern defense. Than Ohio State. <laughs> That's the, and to see Michigan players, the players we recruit every year, is just so disappointing. And my biggest thing, I know they make the money. Michigan always bringing in revenue, but my thing is like on a bad day, beating Ohio State should always be the standard. And it seemed like even though we a traditional program, our standard is slowly probably already evaporating. Where it's like I don't care if we lost. 10 players to the NFL. Our standard was to go into November and beat that team regardless of what we had, even on our bad year. Even we not going to Rose Bowl that year. Our job was to mess up their season. If we can't go, they can't go either. But now, we I see that, and going back to Gaddis and Ward Manuel, it's like, what do y'all want our standard to be? Like, that's why I want to know. Like, I see um, the running back from West Bloomfield. He's talking based to me off what Bellamy, his coach that went to Michigan, don't install it in him. So he's coming up here hungry. But I like some of these players are more hungrier than some of the coaches. Like they just collecting a check and say, okay, I don't help you graduate or you get to go to the NFL. What else do you want? <laughs> we won a Big Ten championship. They're like, no, we did our job. You graduated the best college and you got sent to the NFL. The Michigan difference. I want I'm with you. I'm with you. And like you said, um, Don, I think you talked to Bellamy, right? Um, I did. I did. He's on on my show last week. Interesting stuff. Um, Can you talk a a bit about Oh, absolutely. I would love to. Um, uh, Bellamy, uh, of course, the whole interview is on on um, on, on my YouTube page. A podcast divided is what it's called. Um, but I was kind of give you the guest tidbits of it. Um, one thing, um, Bellamy, he was, of course, he's very proud of his boys, very proud of them. Um, 
he, of course, gave us some experiences about, you know, him playing it in the Michigan State and Ohio State games and how difficult those games were when he was a player. Um, one thing he really harped on was fans on social media making an impact on the decisions that these kids made. Like, you just it was uh, one example was uh, Donovan Edwards. One of his drawbacks to Michigan was he doesn't believe the fan base is loyal. Whenever things are going wrong, they, they just kind of go crazy on social media and stuff. And so it's really that's one thing he really emphasizes that affects recruiting. And and so, I mean, I know the thing, and the thing about it is the players, I mean, the fans are going to do it. But the issue with Michigan, you got too many former players. And, I, and I've spoken about this a few weeks ago. You have too many former players that are that are and, and also prominent alums in the media that are using their their platform to really just bellyache about Michigan football and how bad it is and how it needs to change and and this that the other and that hurts the program when you see that. And I mean, Michigan. I know it's okay. To, think about it, it's okay, especially if you're a former player, to care and you're going to be passionate and you're going to be opinionated. But there needs to be, especially from a from a former player and a, an organizational standpoint, there needs to be a united front. And I think that's one thing that's that's also hurting Michigan is you got Brian Greasy saying enough is enough. You got Charles Woodson crying every week. Um, and that, Brian Greasy, not to cut you off, but Brian Greasy just been a. Oh my God, dude! It was like, bro, you. I mean, you won a national title as a walk-on, but you had the you had so many greatest threw, players. He threw three interceptions in Ohio State game. Oh my God! Yeah, man, it's it's just like it, 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 so that that's 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 some that's something that's just so that's that, that's really hurting the program. It's just there are too many Michigan people. Like Rich Eisen, another one. You just got too many people in the prominent media just going going crazy, and it's hurting the program. I'm with you there, man. Um, Blake, go ahead, dude. Yeah, man, I just want to comment on Don thing about the former players, man. I said it before, and it's real. Outside of 97, they've all lost, like, three, four games in their season. Exactly! <laughs> like, 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 like <laughs> none, none, none of those guys – Let's say if you were on the ninety seventeen, the the years before that you were losing four games. The, if you were still there after ninety seven, if you didn't graduate, go to the NFL. The next year you lost like three, and the year after that you lost like two or three. So there's like if you think about it, ninety seven is the is the year when you know the the old school thing you did in school. Which one of these items is not like the other? Ninety seven is the one that's not like the others. So, like, I'm tired of all of them Lloyd Cars, former players. They get on here. They t- it's like, hey, man, I seen you lose to a Northwestern team in 1996. Like, they, you can't lose that game to Northwestern in 96. That's like losing to Vanderbilt now. Like, like, there's all these former players that say all these things, man. And when it comes to the, the culture thing people was mentioned about, you know, the, the coaches speaking and all that, like I said, the whole program, it's just like somebody's got to put their foot down and just say enough is enough with the Ohio State praise, regardless of what whatever the motivation is. Like for Gaddis, man, that's a, almost a fireable offense as far as I'm concerned. Like praising them for my day shit. Why do you want them to go? The more success they have, it makes it easier for them to get better players without doing as much work as you have to do to get the same player. 
So you don't want them to be. No, I don't want them to go. They don't go. They're not on TV. They're to a certain extent an afterthought at down the stretch these last four games. So, so now it's it's a month of publicity that they get as you're trying to recruit the same kids as them. They get an extra month of publicity because you're, you know, you're forgotten about. You're irrelevant this season. They're playing, getting ready to who they getting ready to play Clemson in the rematch game. Oh, like they don't need that type of publicity, so that's what's going on, man. Preach, preach. That's all I gotta say, man. That that's very true. And it, it and the crazy part is it's Lloyd Carr's boys. It's the it's the guys that are my age and and, and older are the ones that are the, the main ones belly aching. It's like and the thing is about it is like guys, you didn't beat Ohio State in your career either. You know, it's just it's just wild, man. Yeah, what's Lloyd Carr record against uh, Trestle? Yeah, Lloyd Lloyd beat Jim once. I mean, I mean, it's like there's like I said, no disrespect. Like I said, no disrespect to those guys because they were because they put together some really they played on some really good Michigan teams. So no disrespect to them, but they need to stop acting like they were just. I mean. They just stopped acting like they were just totally different, and this is all unacceptable. Stuff that's happening now was happening back in your day. It's just it's here's just where different. here's where I'm at though. Here's where I'm at though. I don't mind those dudes talking, really, because but before 2004, okay, Ohio State never beat Michigan three times in a row since the early 1960s. So we're talking about post-segregation. Ohio State never beat Michigan three times in a row till 2004. Then they just started slaughtering dudes. And, And I think the reason because of that, Ohio State didn't start beating us till they stopped trying to play like us. When they say, okay, we can't beat them at their own game, and when they start hired Trent Tresso, put the wall in Ohio up, and start playing like that. And going back to that point, I feel like we're not going to beat them until we start playing like us instead of trying to build our team around what they're doing. Like, even if you look at the Alabama team, when they run, that was a hard, that's a hardball type of offense when Harbaugh first got here, the the formations that they run in, the pre-snap formations and stuff and everything. So I don't think we're going to start beating it until we get physical and build a team around what we was already do- good at instead of trying to build it around what they already great at. Because Ohio State, we've seen the best spread offense that they got now, but they spread offense was a work in progress because they could only run the ball at first with JT Barrett. Their pass game used to suck when they had their pass, they spread offense. It took them like five to eight years to really master their spread offense until Ryan Day got there when they got the passing game and all that stuff going. So for us duplicating what they're doing, I'm not, I haven't been a big fan of it as well. I want us to use our athletes more, but I haven't been a big fan of just trying to duplicate everything we're doing because we look like we don't know what we're trying to be, like our identity. But there's still, I mean, you have to understand, like, even like end of Meyer, early Ryan Day, you need to understand that Ohio State is still tweaking their offense to make it perfect. Like, I agree with that. Like they're still making changes. Uh, I like 
uh, I talked to an Ohio State guy like a year ago, maybe. I think it was Darren Clora, and I think he's in here listening. Not sure if he's still here, but he was talking about how um, how they no longer do one thing. Now they do something else. It's still similar, but they made slight changes and tweaks to make it even more dangerous. Um, but look, uh, let's go back to Bellamy and what he was saying, you know, and, you know, every fan base is like that. You need to understand that. So on Facebook, uh, you know, and, you know, you guys know I have my YouTube channel and, and all that stuff. I don't only do Michigan recruits. Um, so if I'm doing a, like a recruit that's not Michigan, I make sure to, you know, tag my video and show it to different school groups, right? So they can see, hey, oh, this recruit is considering us. Okay, great. So when we had Caleb Houston, I not only sent that to my Michigan people, I sent that to Alabama. I sent that to uh, Duke. I sent it to Virginia as well, too. Because of that, right now, I'm in like 100 to 150 different Facebook groups of different schools. They they all talk the same. It's just change the name of the school and the coach. They all say the same stuff. It is not just a Michigan problem. People need to understand that. Um, that's one. Two, um, uh, Donovan Edwards coming in. I love the hoopla. I love the hype. I love the attitude. Um, you can't hurt that. And coming in as a as a true freshman, some of the older guys aren't going to want to listen to all that. He has to still keep that, even though the older guys don't want to hear it. The issue right now, too, is if you go back and look at the Ohio State and Michigan rivalry from 2004 to now, there's been one win, and that win came against a a 500 Ohio State team who had a, who still had a chance to win at the very very end. So you're looking at 2004 to present, right? Who does Michigan have to look up to? Who who do you have to look up to? who's been there and done that all these true freshmen walking into walking into Columbus, they're walking into a locker room who's never lost to Michigan, who understands that rivalry. So if a true freshman is half stepping in a drill they're <laughs> a coach may take one step, but by that time you have a junior and you have a sophomore or a senior already in that dude's grill. Who is being looked up to at Michigan? And that was a big problem with the Michigan basketball team. You know, we're walking into a program. Nobody has been to an NCAA tournament. Nobody. Nobody. So there was nobody to look up to. Okay, this is how you make it there. And then, in you know, 08, 09, you know, we just had one summer where everyone came together in 08 and we were all doing drills to, together. We were, we knew our roles and we were so ready for that season to start. And we believed in ourselves and we didn't even think about the past. We just thought about, we need to get this right, right now, today. 
and, and I think that's why I come back down to our coach. Like when you hire Harbaugh, you thought who better than him to fix that gap, to fix that problem, to install that in our kids. And I thought like I, I Harbaugh, our leader, our leadership from top to bottom. And I credit the freshmen coming in, but not to disappoint them or disrespect them. I heard some freshmen before come in with that energy. And then by the time they get to a junior, they drain from the staff and that energy somehow gone. You don't hit them with that same energy they was when they were signed on signing day. They yep. probably don't been on transfer by then. So yes. we need that leadership to be consistent all the way across from the top. I'm, I'm with you from and, top and to bottom. That, but that, the, that's might be a reason why you see some of these guys kind of just not come, become the players you thought they were going to. Like they, they have good freshman or sophomore season. They have that excitement. They have that juice. And all of a sudden, like, you look at them, their junior, like Tariq Black is a really good example of that. It's like his freshman, obviously it's a little bit different in a scenario since he got injured and that can play a big role. But like his freshman year, his first four games were unbelievable. Like he, his first four games, like nine games in the season, he was still one of the top receivers, freshman receivers in the nation in terms of some of the statistics, even though he played half the less than half the games and some of these other freshman wide receivers were playing like he was a stud and then i think just like the injuries and then all of a sudden like he just the energy got drained and it's like you see that with other players as well like i mean Rashawn gary just kind of plateaued um and like just kind of like things like that they, like you see players they 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 have that high potential like you saw in the recruiting class like they're high stars they come in freshman year they show their potential they show they can make big plays they can they show they can they can compete against the best and then they just kind of plateau Aiden Hutchinson what I mean like this year like what did he really do Michigan State we didn't have one pressure against Michigan State not one single pressure him and Quiddy Pay should have been in the backfield all day long. Where was that at? I'm with you, hundred percent, man. Um, and when you're when you were in a locker room, right? The coaches cannot be the only generals because after a certain amount of time, their voices are going to go mute, and then after that, everything that that they say is going to be this motherfucker. Oh my God. They can't be the only generals in the locker room and it can't be the captains, quote unquote captains. Um, Cause not every captain's a leader. Not every leader is a captain. So there needs to be multiple generals and those guys need to be some of your peers, even some of your friends. You know, you have to check these dudes uh, to make sure everybody is on the same page. And I highly doubt there's a lot of that going on. I think there's a, there is a, there is a, I just think within that locker room, you have, you have a, a Michigan group where it's the coaches always trying to motivate, always doing the talking. And I'm, I'm telling you, man, after a while, guys will shut you out and you cannot open that back up. I know you guys remember, or well, some of you might not have seen it, but that video a few years ago before the Ohio State game, Grant Perry is in the locker room trying to get those cats hyped up, headbutting folks. 
those kids looked scared. Like they were a deer in headlights. They looked scared that like they were about to go out there and lose. I think that was points. I think that was proven that wasn't against Ohio State. It was I think oh, that was okay. like I think it was like Northwestern or something like that. Well even regardless, those kids look scared. Man. Yeah. They just look scared. There's no juice. There was zero juice. I You're agree. Th- I saw that video. There was zero juice. It was Cramp Perry trying to hype everyone up. And everyone just kind of sat there doing nothing. It's like what? Yeah, I think it came out. I think it was like against Northwestern or something. I think one of the, the people who um shot that video was like, No, that wasn't Ohio State. I got you. Now, now, what do you guys think about the rumors that Moorhead coming from Oregon, the Oregon offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach who was with Gaddis at Penn State in 2016 and 17, that Harbaugh about to go get him to join the staff for Gaddis? I welcome it. I absolutely welcome it because you don't – because I like it because you don't change the offensive system again, number one. Uh, number two, um, you know, Moorhead is a much more seasoned play caller. Um, I mean, the, the the just how – I mean, I just look at how he turned Penn State's offense around because in 2015, they weren't very good. 2016 and 17, they were they were just rolling and moving. Of course, a big part of that was Saquon. Um, but they really had a really fun, well-oiled machine offensively, and I think he can really help kind of fill in the – kind of color in some of the areas that Gannis is lacking right now. Of course, that's if Gannis does stay. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would re- I would welcome it with open arm. Yeah, I think it would help Gaddis in giving him more time with the receivers, especially these young receivers, especially the kids they just signed. I think they need some of these young kids. They need some work, or they need a coach that's going to be there and not be so much worried about play. I, w- I would like to see us stay with a consistent running back. Uh, like I'm a believer that one of your running backs got to get 20 carries and then the other running backs get the 10 and eight carries. I don't believe in five and five. It's like, you get better at the game going on. Like Najee Harris, our, everybody know who he is in this chat. I know, but you got to have a running back that could get 20 to 25 carries and then bring in your speech to maybe Blake Huang come in and stuff. And so I hope like our coordinator and that takes pressure off your quarterback too. And I hope that whoever come, if he do come in or whoever come in, will convince Gattis, like, look, man, you can run and spread and stuff, but you got to ride your horse. I just like, it's what the offense we watched this year wasn't like spread offense. So it was run, run on first down, one yard gain, zero yard gain, run on second down, one yard gain, zero yard gain. Now it's third and eight. The whole stadium knows you're passing the ball, and it gives your quarterback zero chance to succeed. Like a lot of the a lot of the problems like people had with Milton, like were so unwarranted because he was forced in an obvious passing situation on third and long, and where they could drop eight in coverage or just sit down in coverage, and and they they also knew there was a very little chance that they were going over the top. So they were able to have 11 guys within 20 yards of the line of scrimmage at all times. I was just so, so confused, though. Watching that's what it's been game. for six – it's been like that for six years. Run on first down, second down, don't get anything, and get and then it'd be third and ten, and you have to pass the ball. It's been like that since he's first got there. Well, I'm just so confused at our offense when you see K come in in a Rucker game. He's zapping the ball around without thinking. And now Gaddis' offense look like Gaddis' offense to me. 
I don't know if it's the quarter pad play because it's some big disconnect because when K came in, the offense looked like a real offense. He wasn't hesitating. He was going through his reads and just zipping the ball around. Then when Milton get in, it was like, I don't know if it's a play calling or is it the quarterback skills or what? It's just like, I'm just so confused of what our offense is and we got so much talent. I don't know, man. For I, I like the, you know, the Moorhead thing or whatever. For me, man, like, I just don't see much changing with G- with Jim staying the head coach. I mean, we've kind of been down this road of, oh, you know, it's not it's not Jim. We got to get new coordinators. You know, the coordinators are bad. I think it's a culture issue at Michigan. I mean, as much as of it, as much of it is as a scheme issue, I think a lot of it is just development, leadership. As Anton was talking about earlier, I just don't think that changes much with Jim as the coach. Like, why would it? It's just tough to me for to make a move. When you see Auburn let go of their coach and they looking crazy right now, then I know Notre Dame went to the playoffs before, but Kelly came off a four in a year and they kept him. So it's like Michigan is in a tough spot, and I guess that's why Ward get paid the money he do to make these decisions because I'm not for Harbaugh just because of the disappointment, but I'm not to against him, leave, like, staying, basically. I'm down for him again another three years just because I don't see it get worse <laughs> and everything. And this year, COVID and everything and all this stuff, not making excuses because we should have never lost the state and certain teams this year and stuff. But I'm all for bringing him back and giving Don Brown and bringing the rights, bringing in another staff and continue to build and see where it takes us. Wait, so it can't get any worse. Like, that's a, that's like, no offense. Like, that's not, in my opinion, a good standard to set. Like, at this point, we should be trying to get better and make our way towards competing for Big Ten championships. I mean, if you're, if Harbaugh is going to win eight, nine games a year, and I mean, and if, and you're saying, oh, you know, it just can't get any worse than that, I just don't see why, like, I don't, I don't get why that's satisfactory. It goes back to what Ant started the conversation off when he said revenue, all this team, like, all the people going to the NFL, like before Harbaugh, like when um, Brady Hoke and all of them, we wasn't developing nobody going to the NFL. I'm not trying to make excuses for him because I, I feel you. But I'm saying like he's sending people to the league on a bad year, 10 players outside of this year, 10 players, 10 or 11 players went last year. I'm saying like, get like bring in the team. You got this nice class coming in. You got JJ McCarthy coming in. We don't really know what's going on, man. <laughs> like, that's what's crazy. We on the outside looking in, we just see our team losing. But for some reason, every player I know, I know a lot of players on the team from the, from the past, they love Harbaugh. Like, even though we criticize him, I don't see no players talk bad about him. <laughs> like, a lot of players say, I'm going to play for Harbaugh. Like, it's not him. It's deeper than what you know. And, I, and I'm not making excuses because this is my team and I'm tired of losing. But I'm not against keeping him because – like, when I say it's worse, like, I'm just – we've been through some bad days where we wasn't even being state. Like, when um, Brady Hoke and uh, Rich Rod, and they just took over the state of Michigan. Yeah, a big thing for me, like everyone's been saying, the culture, to me there's just no dogs on the team. There's no one that seems hungry or foaming at the mouth to, that they're just tired of losing or losing to Ohio State. No one wants to change. You know, a big thing that bothers me a lot, is the fact they they don't take JUCO kids. I played JUCO football. Some of the best football players I've seen play JUCO football or come from JUCO. They're dogs. They're hungry. They don't come from nothing. They fought for what they got. It just blows my mind that they the school holds themselves 
administration holds themselves to so high standards they turn away juco kids those kids come into the program and change transfer, the program though. that's the that's the reason right the i get that I, I get that but and all so these, like all... nca they will be un- ineligible if they try to transfer because like you can transfer from like a community college and stuff like that to michigan it's just like a lot of those cr- credits won't transfer so they won't be eligible to play Right. So like change, you have to, change you have that to, then. You, Ohio you, State you can't, you kids. can't just change that. You admit, you, there's uh, the biggest thing. One of the biggest thing that drives Michigan is the ath- academic standard that they hold themselves to. If you just, if you, you, if you change it for athletes, you have to change it for all students. You can't just, you can't just do it um, one way or another. Like you have to, you would then have to change it for all students. And that's a, that would, that would, that's, a, that's millions of dollars. They're just throwing out the door then. Yeah, well, then to me, then you got to buy, you got to put your values in. You can't hold your athletics to that high of a standard. Then, if you're not willing to take the cost to win, you see all these schools that take JUCO kids that are winning championships: Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. These schools that are winning big games. They 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 have JUCO kids on their team. JUCO kids are not you. the issue, though. I don't they, feel like they change yeah. the culture, though. They bring that mentality to a team where yeah. there's some dogs. They want they want to compete. They bring depth. It's just I don't know. That's your top ten. I mean, Northwestern just held Ohio State to thirteen points through three quarters. They they can't get JUCO kids. They have a bunch of Maurice Davis. You right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we can like like Michigan gets way better kids than them, and they had a talent of I believe forty eight in the country this year. Um. Northwestern hasn't had a recruiting class in the top ten of the Big Ten in the last like five years. Yeah, like that—that that, that's it, not an issue. That that talent issue of trying to get JUCO, okay, that's not an issue. It's just it's, culture, it's man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about culture. culture and it's about development and coaching and leadership. That's that's where it's at. You know, yeah. Can can you recruit better? And that'll mask some of your deficiencies, of course, but. In the grand scheme of things, um, you can develop guys to where once, you know, they they may be a four-star when they're 17, 18 years old, but the development over the next two to three years, you can turn them into a five-star talent, in my opinion. Um, and you could, if you have a five-star program. And I, I think that's, that's the big thing is having a five-star program. Um, all right, so we're gonna wrap this up, man. I appreciate everybody coming in. Um, uh, just a heads up uh, if you guys are really into like stars and planets and all that stuff, Jupiter and Saturn aligns tonight for the first time in like 800 years. So if you're unlike me and you have clouds above you, go take a peek outside, um, to see the Christmas star. It's supposed to be super bright where the two planets are align so um if especially if you're like out in like not the sticks but there's not a lot of city light go out and look up and check that out they should be aligning here uh in the next couple of minutes or so i believe it's like the next like seven minutes ish somewhere around there um but yeah i appreciate you guys coming in man and uh uh hopefully we'll talk soon Uh, i'm not sure if i'm gonna have a christmas day locker room because christmas um but uh but we will be having uh think michigan is playing nebraska i'm not sure who michigan state's playing michigan state's playing 
Wisconsin, right? That should be a really good game. We might have a New Year's Day special college football playoff and our coach by the Harbaugh stand. <laughs> by the- <laughs> Are those games on Christmas on TV? Does it, do you know, Ant? Yeah. I, they better be on TV. Like, why wouldn't you be on TV? Yeah, it shows um, the ESPN app. It doesn't show they're on TV as of right now, so I just wasn't sure. Uh, let me see. Michigan, Nebraska. I'd be Yeah, probably yeah, Big Ten know. Network. Yeah. Is it on BTN? I'm pretty sure. I think last time I checked, I saw that. BTN, uh, Cameron just just said that. Yeah. Just said BTN. Okay. Sweet, sweet, sweet. So, yeah, go outside, take a look if you're into that stuff. Even if you're not, you'll never – it'll never happen again in your lifetime. Uh, not for another seven to eight generations. So – Go take a picture of it so maybe your great, 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 great grandkids can see it um, when it's time for them. So thanks again. Uh, we'll hop in if something happens. Um, we should get something on the contract within the next week or two with Jim in Michigan. Uh, once that happens, we'll be back on here. If something happens with basketball, we'll be back on here. Um if something wild in general happens, we'll be on here because we try to stay as current as possible. But thanks again. Uh, We'll talk soon. See you when I see you.